Thank you for tuning in to the latest message from Island Church, Dundalk. I'm looking forward to this next year. Hmm? I'm telling you, this next year, I'm t- I don't know about you guys, but 2020 has been amazing. I mean, I know people sitting there looking at me like, what are you talking about? 2020 has been amazing. It's been an amazing year. We've seen, I've seen people healed. I've seen people got set free from things. And I'm telling you, this, this place of intimacy that we've been talking since, since I think January 1st, we've been talking about getting in this place of intimacy. I'm telling you, it seems to be coming into reality into this house. I know it's been a reality into my life. I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it for anything. Amen. And it makes me look forward with great anticipation to see what God is going to do in 2021. Because I'm telling you, great things are coming. Great things are coming, especially if we can get together as brothers and sisters in the Lord and believe God for amazing things. They are coming. Amen. And I'm thankful for it. Glory to God. I'm telling you, I am thankful for it. I am thankful for it. We are going to, we're going to continue in my series here that we've been on for the last couple weeks, I guess it has been, on the topic of our words have power. Our words have power power. Amen. That our faith has a voice. Amen. Our faith is released 99% of the time by one thing. And what is that? The words coming out of your mouth. Why? Because you're, because our, our faith, it has a voice and we need to learn how to use that voice. We need to learn how to guard that voice. We need to learn how to operate in it because there is power in the words that you have to say. Amen. There is power in those words. That's where we get this that's where we get this statement that we say here at this church that whatsoever things that you believe, those are the things that you will confess. Amen. And the things that you confess, they will manifest in your life. And I'd say it's not going to manifest nine times out of 10. I'll tell you, it'll manifest a hundred percent of the time for the ones that you believe and the ones that confess, they will manifest into your, into your life. But now listen, church, we, we here at this place, we are a, what are we, a full gospel? Uh, we're a faith church. We're a word of faith church. You know, you can kind of call us all kinds of different things. You know, some people call us cults, all kinds of different things like that. But I'm telling you, you know, this, this is a house that believes 100% of the word of God, right? We believe the word of God. We believe in confession. We believe in healing. We believe in these things and we're taught on them consistently week in and week out. I'm saying week in and week out. And if we're taught on them, we know these things. They've gotten planted on the inside of us to begin to get to, to grow fruit on the inside of us. Why is it that us as a church, we're not always seeing the things that we're believing God for manifest in our lives? Why is that? Why is it that everything that we're believing for, you know, God puts these desires into our heart. When we begin to believe God from why aren't a hundred percent of these things coming into manifestation in our lives? Well, I'll confirm one thing to you today. It's not because God's mad at you. It's not because God's word doesn't work. It's not because he's punishing you for some sin that you've committed. It's not because God doesn't love you. It's not because God favors me or he, over he favors you. That's not why these things aren't coming to fruition in your life. Well, why is it then? Why is it then? I'll tell you that many times I believe we're bumping up against these boundaries we're talking about. And then there's boundaries in the word of God that we can't go outside of these boundaries and still expect God to be able to work in us. See, we put a stumbling block in God's path, amen, when we walk outside the boundaries. See, most of us as Christians, we're like, well, well I'll just do this and, and I'm going to ask God to bless it. Well, that's not really what the word says to do, right? 
No, we need to be led by his spirit, led by his word, and God will bless it. Amen. It's not do whatever you want to do and hope he blesses it. Amen. It's be led by the spirit and he'll bless everything that we do. There are boundaries in the word of God that we cannot get outside of. Amen. That we don't need to get outside of. We need to come to this place, church, that we understand that we're under the authority of God. Right? That we're under authority of God and his word. Amen. And stop working against them. Amen. Begin to, begin to cherish this thing right here. Begin to love on it. Church, begin to read it. Begin to meditate on it. Begin to study on it. Because I'm telling you, you have some boundaries in here. God has poured out his heart for each and every one of us in here. If you will take the time to listen to it, take the time to hear it, take the time to study it for yourselves and stop working against him. Because this is when we get in that place, we start blaming him. Like, oh, he must be mad at me. Oh, he doesn't love me. He doesn't this. And it's not him that's doing anything. It's us working against him. Amen. Stopping him, putting the stumbling blocks in his way to where he can't work in our lives. Amen. I mean, I tell you, I can hear that. I, you know, I can hear that. I can hear it in my spirit. And there's people out there that's like, well, well, pastor, I've been, I've been in word of faith churches. I've been, I've heard these words for years and years and years and years and years. I mean, I've been believing God and I'm still struggling. I've had hands laid upon me for ministers. I know that I've had uh, healing ministries that, or that the Holy Ghost I know is, is working through them. I, I know these things are, why am I still struggling? Why am I still struggling with these things? I want to, and the Lord's trying to tell you something here. If you'll open up your ears. He's saying, if you will yield unto his word, if you will yield unto his word and not place your faith in the people, but you'll put your faith in the word and his spirit. See, these things will be manifested in your life. Amen. See, see many times, Many times, the people that are in faith churches, and we've been we've been taught faith, and we we we've taught we've been taught these things for years and years and years. We get to this place where we wonder why. You know, I used to be able to go up, and I used to get healed real easy. You know, when you're leaning on the minister's faith, Amen. But see, there comes a time where, where God's saying, "Listen, I love you so much that these gifts of healing, these these working of miracles may not work for you like like it's going to work for that atheist walking down the street or for that denominational Christian that comes in the church. Many times they're not going to work. Why? Because I'm trying to teach you how to stand in faith. How to stand in faith for what the Word of God says, for what the Spirit of God says, and not faith in a man. Now, does that mean you don't, we don't come and, and come into agreement? No, absolutely. The word says this. This is scriptural. That's why we do it. Most services, we pray over people. Why? Because that, that is scriptural. But we've got to have our motivations, right? We have, to have our, we have to have our gaze, right? Amen. We have to have our faith, right? It has to be placed in the right, on the right circumstance, on the right thing, not, not on the right thing here. Amen. But in God himself. I mean, because this is the only thing that's going to keep you healed. I mean, how many of y'all know that, that healing is not God's best? Being divinely, walking in divine health is his best. To where something comes up, he's not saying that nothing's going to come against you, it'll come against you, but, but you can stand in faith and you can rebuke it and you command it and you start speaking the word of God and it leaves and most of the time just as fast as it came. Even if it takes a few days, even if it takes a week, it's leaving as soon as you start opening up your mouth. This is walking in divine health to where we don't have to, to, have to lean on getting healed all the time. We lean on being the healed of God because this is who God has made us to be. That's his best. But how do we do that? It's not leaning on other people's faith. It's leaning on the word of God. 
It's leaning on his goodness and everything that he has made uh, for us. Amen. How do we get started on those things? How do we get to believe the word over every other circumstances? Just like we, we've said in this house, we got to get rid ourselves of this interior duplicity. Amen. We got to rid ourselves of this interior fight that we have on the inside of us to believe two different things, this deception, this, this fraud that's on the inside of us, being double-minded on the inside. I'm telling you, it will stop the move of God in your life 100% of the time. 100% of the time. We got to rid ourselves of that. Allow God to cut out, church. I'm telling you, as we come up to the end of the year, you, this, this needs to be our prayer, that you allow God to cut out everything on the inside of you that's not him. Oh, can I get some people going like this? See, this is yes, this is no, and an amen will get out of here in about an hour. Amen? <laughs> amen. We need to allow him to cut out things in our life. I mean, anything, when we, when we start examining ourselves, see, get your eyes off of the people around you. Keep, get your eyes off of them. Start looking right here at your own self and say, what is it, Lord, that you need to cut out of me? Because I want to fulfill the destiny you put upon my life. I want the call that's upon my life. What is it that I need ripped out? Amen. I'm telling you, sometimes it's uncomfortable. Sometimes there may be a little bit of pain involved with it. Amen. But, it, but these things are okay. Church, if we can get rid of some of these religious certitudes and, and dogmas that we have from the traditions of where we've grown up and the churches that we've been in the past, I'm telling you, your freedom will come in your life. Amen. But we need to get rid of those religious certitudes and allow the word of God to pull precedence in everything in our life. And I don't mean just a couple things. I mean everything in your life. And I'm telling you, freedom will begin to come. You know, divine healing will begin to come. Amazing things will come into your life if we can yield into those things. Yeah, yeah, we're, yeah let's go there. Let's go, to, let's go to Matthew chapter 6 real quick. This is... Some of these scriptures that I was studying this week, I'm telling you, it, these, these rock me. I'm telling you, this is an amazing, amazing stuff right here. It's, uh, you're you're going to love this. Starting off in, uh, let's say, Matthew chapter 6. Let's start in, let's, let's go to verse 19 here. We give this, most of the time, most people use these as giving scriptures, right? It says, lay not up for yourselves treasure upon earth where moth and rust, uh, rust doth corrupt and where thieves break in and steal. He goes, but lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven where neither moth nor rust does corrupt or where thieves cannot break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Now pay attention to this. It says, for the light of the body is the eye. If therefore thy eye be single, the whole, the whole body shall be full of light. What's Jesus trying to tell us here? He's saying, if our eyes be single, if we can have, if our eyes will be focused in one direction, he goes, you shall be full of light. Full of light. No darkness will be there. You'll be full of light in everything that you do. What, what is the light? John, John 8, 12 says that Jesus spoke to me, said, I am the light of the world. Amen. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Shall have the light of life. I mean, John 4, uh, John 1 verses 4 through 5 says, in him, we know the scripture well, right? In him was life and life was what? It was the light of man. It was the light of man. And the light shineth in darkness, and what happened? Darkness cannot comprehend it. Darkness cannot distinguish it. Darkness can't, can't fathom it. And as, a, as a trans, uh, the Passion Translation would say, darkness can't diminish it. 
Darkness can't diminish light. How many of y'all know that? Dark, there is no darkness that can, can diminish light. There's no darkness that can stop light. Darkness doesn't exist. Amen. It is merely the absence of light. It is merely the absence of, of light. So where darkness is, there has to be no light. Listen, church, darkness will always flee from light. 100% of the time. Anytime you, you can get in a dark room, light a lighter, darkness flees. 100% of the time. As never, it never succumbs, it never overcomes the light. Darkness will always flee from light. It will always flee from light. How, do you, how many of y'all know that, 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 uh, hmm, that there isn't, there, there isn't a, a war going on between God and Satan? They, they're not equals. Do you, young men, y'all know this, right? God and Satan, they are not equal. They're not even close to being equal. God is God, the creator of the heavens and the earth and everything that dwells upon it. He is the creator of everything in the angelic realm. He is the creator of Satan. Amen. There's no, there's no equality there. It's not Satan going and fighting against God. Satan's not that stupid. Amen. He's not that dumb. He's not going to go fighting against the things of God. No, he, he minds the things of God. When God speaks, he has to listen to it. Why? Because, because this is God. This is his creator. You know, it, he, he, opened, he made this place specifically for Satan and his fallen angels. It's called a place called hell, where many men and women are going to choose to go there. Amen. But see, if Satan didn't want to go there, he wouldn't go there. No one's going to want to go in that place for eternity. If he, didn't, if he had the choice, he wouldn't go there. But that, uh, there's going to come a point in time where the Lord's saying, you're going to go. Amen. What's going to happen? He's going to have to get marching. He's going to have to get marching. Why? Because when God speaks everything, Everything minds the words that comes out of his mouth. Now, Satan is in rebellion. He is a rebellious criminal. Amen. So what did he do? He came down here on this earth, a place that God gave authority over to man. Amen. And he took that authority. But praise God. Praise God. We have a man named Jesus. God himself came down here, took that authority from Satan and gave it back to whom? Gave it back to us. Why? So we can have authority and walk in power of his word here on this earth. That we can keep Satan underneath the feet of Jesus. Amen. Which is what? Which is our feet. And that this is what God has created us to do. And he will obey 100% of the time when you believe the word, you confess the word, those things will manifest. Why? Because when we speak the word, when you're in Christ speaking the word, everything, everything in the heavenlies, everything, the Father, the Son, the Spirit, all the angelic hosts, they back up the things that we're saying. It's not, it's not Satan doesn't have a choice. So I think many times when we, when we begin to rebuke the adversary, we begin to rebuke sickness, we, we think that, that, that they have a choice with that. The demonic realm doesn't have a choice. If we believe, if we believe what the word says, if we believe what the Lord has done on the inside of us, it has no choice. It has to bow its name to Jesus. Bow its knee into the name of Jesus. Amen. It says... If the light of the body is the eye, therefore, uh, if therefore the eye be single, the whole body will be full of light. Now, what is this word eye here? It's the Greek word ophthalmos, right? Now, this Greek word ophthalmos, it can mean, it can mean eye, but many times in the word it's talking about the mind's eye. It's talking about the mind's eye. So what's it saying? It's not like going outside and if it's a sunny day, you're going to be full of light. That's not what it's saying. 
I mean, it's saying that anything you allow through your mind's eye, anything that you allow into your soul, in through into your spirit, into your heart, anything that you believe, amen, anything that you know to be true, it, that, that is going to come through your eye, and it's either going to give you darkness or it's going to give you light. If, it, if, it, if your mind's eye is full of light, your whole body is going to be full of light, but your mind's eye has to be single, amen? It has to be single, that Greek word is, is, is hoplos. It, means to be pro, it properly means to be unfolded or without folds, single, undivided, without a double agenda. Hmm? Without a double agenda. Without a double agenda, without an interior duplicity. Amen. Without thinking one way or the other, without thinking, you know, if I can have just, you know, 80% faith and, and, and 10% doubt or 20% doubt, I'm going to be in good shape. No, you're going to fail 100% of the time. You know, if you have 90% faith and 10% doubt, you're going to fail 100% of the time. If you have 99% faith and 1% doubt operating in you, you will fail 100% of the time. 100% of the time. Why? Because you have to have belief. Man, doubt is like, a, is like yeast, and when it's kneaded into the dough, it goes through the whole dough. So it doesn't matter if you have 0.1%, it doesn't matter if you have 1%, when you, if you have any doubt on the inside of you, it will stop God moving off on your behalf. Amen? We have to have a single mind. We have to have a single way of looking at things. We have to have a single belief system in everything we do. We can't believe, yes, we're going to serve Jesus, praise the Lord, but, but I'm also going to take care of these religious traditions. Amen. We, can, we can't operate like that. We can't operate saying, I'm going to be a man of I'm a faith. I'm going to be a man of the word of God. But, but I wonder if it's actually going to work on my behalf. It's interior duplicity. Amen. You can't receive the light and also allow darkness to come in. That's interior duplicity. In verse 23, it says, but if thy eye be evil... If your mind's eye be evil, then the whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in, uh, hear this church, if therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is the darkness. If the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? What is evil? It's anything that is contrary to the word of God. Amen. So if, so if we're allowing anything and that's contrary to the word of God and it's, and it's calling itself light. How, okay. Okay. Listen, church, we can allow light, what we believe to be light to come in. And all it is is masquerading. Amen. It's a hypocrite. How many of y'all know there's religion out there and it's a hypocrite? There's words that are being spoken of. It's coming in. It's coming in like light. It's coming in like the word of God, but it's wearing a mask. It's a hypocrite saying, I am the word of God. I am the word of God, but you got to do X, Y, and Z for you to get saved. I'm telling you, it's a hypocrite. It's a hypocrite. It coming in saying, oh, all you need to do is, uh, you know, if you become a Christian, you'll have all the fancy things in the world. That's a hypocrite. That's a hypocrite. That's darkness coming in. You know, you walk in and say, oh, you know, uh, uh, you know, Healing's not for today. You know, you can be a Christian, but you know what? Don't, don't, don't receive healing. You can't, you can't prophesy. You can't do any things in your life. You know what that is? That's, that's darkness coming in with a mask on, being a hypocrite. Being a hypocrite. And it says, if that light be darkness, how great is the darkness? See, many times I'm telling you, we, we listen to so much rubbish and allow it to come in and plant seeds on the inside of our life, and we think it's light. 
but it doesn't line up with the word of God. It may line up with your traditions. It may line up with your culture. It may line up with, with other, other rubbish things in your life, but I'm telling you, it's, it is not the goodness of God. It's not the gospel. Why? Because if your eye be full of light, then what? Your whole body then everything about you will be full of light. It can't be divided. Why? The next verse tells us. Because no man can serve two masters. Is anyone hearing this today? No man can serve two masters. For you either hate one and you'll love the other, or else you will hold to the one and you will despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. You can't serve God and, and, the, and the God of money. You can't serve God and you can't serve money. You can't serve anything but God if you're wanting light to come on on the inside of you. You can't serve anything that's not in the word of God if, if you desire for it to be light coming on the inside of you. You can't do it. You can't do it. You can't serve two masters. We can't serve both light and we can't serve death. We can't serve, you know, the God of this world and we can't serve the, the God of, that created the world. We cannot serve two different things. You're going to choose to serve one and not the other. Amen. It's, it's, it's the way it goes. Anything you yield yourself to, you become a slave to. Amen. That's what the word says. You want, you, you want to get caught up in sin? You want to yield yourself unto sin? Amen. You'll be a slave to it. That's what the word says. You want to yield yourself unto the word of God? You want to yield yourself unto church? You want to yield yourself unto the culture and the kingdom of God? Church, you will be a slave to it. Amen? But you get to be a bond slave, a doulos, a slave by choice. Amen? And glory to God, I'm telling you, if, we're not, if you don't get appalled, hmm, if, you're, if we don't get appalled with darkness in our lives, the darkness that around us, I'm telling you, I, I got a question if light's actually in you. Because you can't, you can't serve both. You hear me? We, we can't serve both. You're going to serve one or you're going to serve the other. We're going to serve one or we're going to serve the other. Church, I'm telling you, I hate darkness. Now, I've been criticized over this. I've been criticized because people, oh, you're a bigot. You just hate people. You just hate this. You don't love this. Now, I'm telling you, I hate darkness. I'm telling you, I hate adultery. I hate perversion. I hate sexual perversion. I hate it. I hate I don't put up with it. I can't stand it. I mean, I don't like these things. I don't like drug and I don't like alcohol abuse. Why? Because I've been there. I've done that. I'm telling you, it's darkness. It's darkness. I've participated in it. I, I know these things. Church, I'm telling you, when money is set up as an idol in people's lives, I can't stand it. Why? Because it's been there in my life. It's been there as darkness in my own, my own personal life. Church, I hate, I'm telling you, I hate religion. I hate religion. I hate religion because it's leading people into a place called hell, amen, taking them out of the relationship that Jesus died for us. I'm telling you, I can't stand it. I can't stand it. I'm telling you, I hate sickness and I hate disease. I hate anything that darkness, anything that the adversary is placing upon a people that's hindering them, that's hindering their families, that's hindering the move of God, that's hindering the call, that's hindering the destiny upon their lives. I'm telling you, I can't stand these things. I don't hate the people. I love the people. That's why I do the things that I'm doing. I want them freed. I want them to receive what Jesus has for them. I don't hate the people. But I'm telling you, I hate the, 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 the stinking darkness that is destroying their lives. Amen. Church, I'm telling you, we need to make a commitment to be a bold people. 
Amen. To not, not just yield under these, under these things when it comes up in front of our face, like, oh, I'm just not going to say anything about it. I'm just going to lean back and maybe people won't hate me. I, oh, I'm telling you, church, maybe we need to stand up for what the word of God says in our lives. Amen. Why? Because our, our words mean something. Amen. Our words mean something. I'm telling you, church, this is, this is, a, hmm. this is, this is the fun stuff. I, I'm going in a complete different direction than I wanted to go today, but, but praise God for it anyhow. Amen. Praise God for it anyhow. Hmm. Yeah, I think many people say, yeah, I'm a man of faith. I'm a woman of faith. I don't have a divided mind. I don't have a divide. I don't have any uh, interior duplicity coming upon us. I'm I'm full of faith. I'm full of the word of God. Well, like I said earlier, this is that time we need to get back. We need to start examining ourselves, examining the manifestations that are prevalent in our lives. Why? Because the things that we believe, church, they're the things that you're talking about. And the things that you talk about, the things that you confess, I'm telling you, your life is a witness of it. So you don't like the way your life is? I'm telling you, you need to start evaluating yourself. Amen. Start evaluating where, where, do, where do you stand with this? What do you believe in? What, what's coming out of our mouths? Amen. Because if you, if you don't like the way your life is, I'm telling you, you can change it. You can change it. God's not going to change it for you, but you can change it. I mean, you can get back, you can get back to that place of believing the word of God and confessing those things. I'm telling you, I promise you, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, your life will start changing. It'll start changing and going into the direction you want. I look at my brother here sitting on the second row here, Christian. I'm telling you, I've, I've, I've been with this man. I've talked with this man. I'm telling you, in a short period of time, you ought to see the changes that have been made in this man's life. Why is it? Why is it because there's some great preaching going on here? Because, because something supernatural? No, you know what it is? Because he began to believe what was being said. He believed the word of God. And you ought to hear the things that come out of his mouth. He speaks more faith than most preachers. I'm telling you, and he's, he hadn't been saved for 30 years. But you know what? He believes this. Amen. His life is just clicking like dominoes, getting right, right in line. He's fixing to get married to a beautiful woman in the back right there. And I'm telling you, things are launching off in a new direction. But where did it all start from? Believing what the Lord told us. Believing what he told us. Begin to speak those things and watching his life start to get lined up with it. Amen. Amen. Listen, church, let me get back to where I was here, talking about boundaries. You know, if we will start examining ourselves and our lives, we'll see that if things don't look like you want them to look like, that you desire to look like, many times we've stepped outside of these boundaries, right? Now, what, last week or the week or a week or two ago, we started talking about boundaries and and in uh, and, 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 uh, Hebrews 11.3, right? That uh, through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So the things which, which are seen were not made of the things which do appear. Amen. That the worlds were framed. Amen. That, that by faith, that the worlds were framed by faith as the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, right? The, the things that we're believing God for that, that are already positioned out there for us in the spiritual realm that we need to bring back down, release it through our spirit and allow it to manifest into the, into the carnal realm, into this, this world that we live in right now. But see, we're going to have to do that, right? See, this is where healing's at, right? It's, our, it's already been provided. It's in the spiritual realm. We've got to release 
sit through us to let it affect our body. That's where prosperity is. That's where your peace is. That's where your joy is. That's where, that's where everything that God has created for us or that he died for us to have, amen, through redemption. That's where it's at. We got to push it and allow it to manifest into our bodies, amen. And in Hebrews 11.3, it's talking about this faith here that, that, uh, that uh, we understand the worlds were framed by the word of God. Now, remember, this isn't, this isn't necessarily talking about the universe and everything that we see around us. This is, ta- this is the Greek word aeon. It's talking about the dispensations. God has framed each dispensation for each and every one of us. Now, listen, we can change things within our own dispensation. We can change things where we are right now, but you can't stand in faith to change things for, the fe- for outside of our dispensation. What does that mean? You, can't, you couldn't change that Jesus was going to come here. You couldn't change that he was going to die for us. Many people say, oh, people killed him. No, Jesus gave himself for us. It, it, was, it was already spoken into existence. Before the world was created, Jesus already knew what he was going to do for us. Amen. You can't change that. You can't change the fact that Jesus is coming back for each and every one of us. You can't stop it. It's outside of our dispensation, but you can change something in this dispensation. Amen. You can't change the things that affect you. You can't change your health. You can't change your peace. You can't change the joy. You can't change prosperity in your own life. Amen. If you believe what the word of God says, we just can't go outside of that. Amen. You can't go outside of that. Now, another boundary that we have. This is probably the greatest boundary that most of us bump into. I've been talking about it most of the morning today, getting off track here, is unbelief. Amen. Unbelief will stop God in his tracks 100% of the time. Not because he's mad at you, because he can't move. Amen. When we have unbelief, it stops God from working on our behalf. Now, go, uh, let's, go to, let's go to Mark chapter 6 here. Another, another verse that we, that we know very well here. In verse 1 it says, And when he, went out from, uh, when he went out from there, he came into his own country, and his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogues. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, From where is this man? Where, where, are all these, where did he get all these things? What wisdom is it that has been given to him? And uh, it says that even such mighty works were wrought through his hands. They're sitting there looking like, man, all these amazing things are happening through Jesus. Man, all this wisdom he has. Where did he get all this knowledge? You know, all these people getting healed. Uh, this is amazing things happening. And then a fence started to rise. A doubt started to rise. It says, is this not the carpenter? The son of Mary, the, the brother of James and Joseph and Judah and Simon, and are not his sisters with us? And they were offended. And they were offended. And then Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor in his own home country, in his own town, and among his own kin or his own family, in his own home. He said he could do no mighty works there, save he laid hands on a few sickly people, you know, a few people with a cold, a few people with the flu, a few people with the COVID, you know, just, a, just he laid his hands on a few people that were just a little sick, amen, but he, but he, couldn't, he couldn't make limbs that were cut off grow back out. He, he wouldn't open up blind eyes. He, he wasn't pulling people out of the wheelchair. Why? Because he marveled at their unbelief, and he went about teaching in the villages. Now, was, now was Jesus mad at this group? Absolutely not. That's why he went there to begin with. Amen. He went there at the beginning to teach and then what? To heal these people. Now listen, this was his family that was there. This is not just strangers. This was his family that was there. This was the strangers on the street. These are the kids that, that he grew up with playing football in the streets. These are the people that he went to minister to and they allowed a fence to rise up. Why? Because like, oh, man, I can see all these amazing things happen, but man, I know who that guy is. 
I know, I know his sister. Who, who does he have the right to do these things? And that unbelief, that unbelief from that offense rising up stopped God working on their behalf. So what did he do? He didn't curse them. He didn't say, oh, you bunch of idiots, I'm, I'm out of here. No, what did he do? He went out to the surrounding town and started teaching the word of God. Why? So faith could get sown out. Why? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So he started speaking the word of God. Why? To sow some seeds of faith where they could begin to receive the things that he had from them. Why? Romans 10, 9, 10 says, if you what? If you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, you shall. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe those raised from the dead, you shall be saved. Right? You shall be saved with the heart you believe unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. With we believe unto righteousness, you believe God into a perfect union back with God and to and a right relationship with God. That is our belief structure. But if you want salvation to operate in your life, if you want wholeness operating in your life, if you want healing operating in your life, if you want the fullness of salvation, it comes through this. Amen? See, the belief, it already brought us in communion. You're, you're already in union. Just by, just by knowing, just believing what God said, you, you came into union with him. But if you want, if you want full salvation coming, you're going to have to know what's coming out of your mouth. That, that's where salvation is derived from. Mark eleven twenty three 23, it says that, that whosoever shall what? Say unto this mountain, not look at the mountain, not cry to the mountain, not beg the mountain, but he whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be cast in the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that whatsoever things he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever things he saith. It's as simple as that. Whatever we're believing, amen, what we're confessing is what will come out in our mouths. Amen, so the question of the day here, as we get close to, to closing here. The question of the day, why if our mouths were created to release such powerful words that change the circumstances around us. Why is it that we allow everything and anything to come out of our mouth? See, that's the question. You know, if they were created for one thing, and that is to to bring things to pass, why do we allow just everything to come out of our mouth? Anything and everything, just let it slip out of our mouth. Why, Why do we allow those things to happen? Why do we, because we, we've trained ourselves not to believe what comes out of our mouths. Hmm? Because you've trained yourself to not believe the things that come out of your mouth. You say, well, prove it. What are you saying? Church, I'm telling you, Christians are liars. I mean, we not be, I mean, be liars like the people out in the streets. I mean, but I'm telling you, Christians lie. Now, we put, we put a nice little soft touch on it, right? We call, we call it a white lie. Right? Oh, it's just a white lie. You say, what does that look like? Your wife comes out, uh, out of the dressing room and she says, how do I look in this dress? You're like, oh, you look good. Oh, please change, please change, please change. I'm telling you, that's a lie. See, my wife, she, she, she doesn't have a problem asking me that. Why? Because I, I don't lie. I tell, I, I tell the truth 100% of the time. Amen. She can, I mean, that's why she loves me to go shopping with her. Why? Because when she comes out and she, how do you think this dress looks? I'm not going to lie to her and spend, you know, 20, 50 quid or whatever on a, on a dress when I think it looks horrible. I'm going to say, no, it don't look good. No, no it, don't look, it don't look good with your hair or your eyes or whatever. It, it don't look good. You know, but, but yeah, that one, that one looks good. Amen. Why? Because we need to speak the truth in everything that we do. Church, I'm telling you, we, we need to speak the truth in everything that we do. You know, a white lie is still a lie. Amen? I'm telling you, church, we are exaggerators. I live my life around a bunch of preachers. They're probably the worst exaggerators that are out there. 
And oh, how many, how many people were at your church service? Oh man, I had about 200, you know, and they had about 125. I mean, we laid hands on, I mean, there's probably at least 50 people that got healed and they prayed for one person. I mean, it's, it's always an exaggeration. Always, I'm t- I t- exaggerate, it's a lie. It's a lie. And what do you do when you're training yourself to where you don't even believe the things that are coming out of your mouth? What do you think anything else is going to believe it? Church, I mean, we're, we're dealing with, we're dealing with, uh, we're dealing with uh, the Christmas season right now, right? We're, we're in Christmas. You know, we, we've trained ourselves with, with cultural traditions, amen, and we begin to lie to our own families. Oh, I'm, I'm going to step on your toes here for a second, amen? We have trained ourselves. We lie into our own children, amen, and tell them, you know what? You know, the tooth fairy is real. Santa Claus is real. But you know what? This God that you can't see over here, you know, you know he's real too, amen, even though I was lying about this other bit for, for the last, you know, 10 years of your life. But, but, th- but this one, this one's real, amen. What do we train? We're training them not to believe the things that come out of our mouths. I tell my son, now listen, I'm not, not listen, Guys, I'm not telling you how to raise your own houses. I'm not, I'm not telling you how to rear your children or your grandchildren. That's not what I'm telling you to do. Amen. I'm just I'm telling you the truth. Amen. We need, to, we need to begin to mind the words that come out of our mouths because we are not only training ourselves, but when it comes to these little ones, we're training them as well. Amen. I'm telling you, I want my children to believe everything that comes out of my mouth. I don't want them to have one doubt when I speak a word that it's going to happen. Amen. If I say you're going to get a whooping, you know what? They, 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 they know they're getting a whooping. It's not like, oh, well, maybe I'll get strike number two. No, no. That's not the way it works at my house. Amen. When I speak something, it comes to pass. Amen. My, my son, uh, I believe that was Jetta. When we first moved over here, you know, we, Kimberly and I, we made a choice years ago that we, that we weren't going to lie to our kids about, about Santa because we wanted them, because we were looking forward to the things about training them up and how to live for God, right? And uh, we, we came over here, and one of the first phone calls we got from the, one of the teachers over here was, she was like, oh, you're, you're going to you're gonna have to tell your, talk to your son. We're like, well, what, what's going on, you know? And they said, well, well your son is, is telling the kids that, that Santa Claus isn't real. And, and all the parents are calling me, you know, I'll call the teacher, you know, he said, you need to fix that because I don't want, I'm, I don't like dealing with these, you know, parents. And we're like, okay. You know, so we went to Jetta and, and said, hey, listen, son, you know, you know, we don't go around telling people these things. Amen. You let people raise their, their children the way they're going to, uh, you do it. You just don't go around acting like you have more knowledge than everyone. Right? We don't operate in pride. That's not, that's not how we do things. And he goes, I wasn't. And I said, well, well, what did you do? He said, well, we're sitting there talking. They said, well, well what, what do you do for Christmas? And, 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 you know, at our house, you know, it's, we celebrate Jesus' birthday. We get a birthday cake and we celebrate Jesus. Why? Because that's what Christmas is about. I mean, I'm telling you, St. Nicholas would be rolling over in his grave if he knew that there's so many people. I mean, there's more, there's more people that are atheists celebrating Christmas. This is a Christian holiday, church. You know, it's about the birth of our Lord and Savior. Amen? Oh, come on, church. Amen. And, my, and I, so I said, well, well what, what did you tell him? He said, well, I told him we, we, we have a birthday cake for Jesus. And they're like, why in the world do you have a birthday cake for Jesus? And he goes, well, because Jesus is real. Like, no, he's not. We, we, have, we have Santa Claus that comes to our house. And Jesus said, Santa Claus isn't real. Jesus is real. They're like, no, he's not. Santa Claus is real. And Jesus like, no, Jesus is real. Santa Claus isn't real. And they, that, this is how that argument got started. Amen. Where the whole class got started. So what am I going to do? Am I going to scold my child for telling the truth? Am I going to tell him, you know, you, you, know you, you can't tell people that Jesus is real. I mean, that's all he was doing. You think I'm the only missionary that God sent over here? 
Amen? If it, has to, if it had to come through, I think he was six years old or seven years old at that time, it has to come through a seven-year-old to minister unto a child because their parents aren't doing it. I'm telling you, I thank God for that seed that went forth because Jesus is real. Amen? Jesus is real. Well, while we're on that, let's just go ahead and hit another one. <laughs> time, church. I'm telling you, I, at least I got a little bit trained into this when I moved down to Galveston Island and everything was on island time down there. But, but church, when we say we're going to be somewhere at a certain time, we need to be men and women of our word. Amen. I'll be church at, I'll be church at 11 o'clock. You show up at 11.15. 11.30, 11.45. I'll be at your house for dinner. I'll, I'll, show, I'll be there at 7 o'clock. You show up at 7.30, 7.45. And you know what we all say? Oh, it's just the Irish culture. Oh, it's just the African culture. No, that's, that's a lie. That's a lie. As you, you've, you've, been, you've, you've trained yourself to be okay with a lie. Amen. To allow words that are coming out of your mouth be a lie. Listen, if, you're not, if you know you're not going to show up till 7.30, just say you're going to be there at 7.30. Amen. See, it's at the point where we, we get to, the, we get to the, the, the place where we're like, you know what, maybe we should, we should tell these people to come over at 7. Then, then, then we can actually do it at, at 7.45, you know. I mean, what is, what is that about? Church, we need to be men and women of our word. When we say something, we need to mean it. Why? Because we don't even believe the things that come out of our mouth. What in the world do you think the devil's going to believe it? Hmm? See, if you, if you can't even mean your word when you say you're going to show up somewhere on time, what do you think? Do you think the devil's going to listen to you when you command him to come out of a body? He doesn't believe you. You don't believe you. You know, when you command a sickness to leave, you don't believe it. You don't believe half the things that come out of your mouth. What makes you think that that sickness or that disease, that spirit's going to believe it? It's not going to believe you. You don't believe yourself. Hmm? Church, we need to stop walking out of these boundaries. Stop walking out of these boundaries that the Lord has, has put in place for us, amen? Amen, to where when we, when we begin to speak things, they will begin to come into manifestation in our lives. How are we doing here on time? Hmm. All right, well, I'll close up here. Maybe I get, uh, maybe I get Leah, if you'd come up here, if, she, if she's still in here somewhere. Um, uh, she, well, how about John? You can leave her back there. I'll get, I'll get John. Oh, wait, this will help me. This will help me stop things. Amen. Yeah, so, uh, um, Mark eleven twenty three, 23, church. It says, if you should not doubt in your heart, but believe those things which shall come to pass, you shall have whatsoever things you say. If we need to get to be a people that we begin to believe the words that are coming out of our mouths, amen. Amen. That means, that means telling the truth 100% of the time. Jesus said in Matthew 5, uh, uh, 537, he says, he says, let what you say simply be yes and no. Anything above that or anything outside of that is evil. This, this is the word. I mean, this is the word. Anything that we speak outside of yes or no, anytime we speak anything outside of truth, I'm telling you, church, the Bible calls it evil. It's, it's anything outside of the word of God. It's, it's darkness that, that we're allowing to come into, to, into our single eye. Amen? And what happens? It leavens the whole bunch. It will begin to leaven the whole bunch. Church, we're called, to, we're called as the ecclesia, we're called to change the spiritual climates everywhere we go into and everything we, we stop into. We're cha we're that's, that's our calling as the ecclesia, the called out ones. 
Amen. But you're going to have a hard time. You're going to have a hard time changing a spiritual climate when you come to the place and you, when, <laughs> when you come to the place that we don't even believe the things that we say ourselves. When you got to say, I promise. I promise I'm, uh, I'll be there. I, I swear. I, sw- I swear on the Bible. I mean, if you're, if you're having to justify your words with those type of statements, I'm telling you, you're going you're gonna to have a real difficult time. You have a real difficult time believing God, amen, and allowing these things to, to change in your life. It's, it's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. So I say make the decision, church. Make the decision today. Amen, to be no more, to be no more liars. Hmm? I'm telling you, it sounds so harsh. But I'm telling you, it's the truth. Amen? Make a decision. No more, no more half-truths. No more white lies. Amen? Only speaking the goodness of God in everything that we do. Amen? So I want you all to say this with me here. And we'll go ahead and close this up. This has kind of been an awkward service today. But say this with me. Say, I will speak the word. In every circumstance. I will speak life. In every circumstance. In every trial. In every situation. Even upon my enemies. Because I am a restorer. Of the breach. I am an ambassador. Of Christ. I am an ambassador. Of Christ. Speaking on behalf. Of the kingdom of God. And bring him forth. Life. Everywhere I go. Thank you, Father. Father, we glorify you. We glorify you. We thank you for today. Lord, we thank you for the family that you've gathered together with us. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for the, for the realizations. Lord I, Lord, I know I know some of these things can be challenging. I know it can sit wrong with us when we hear them, Lord. But, but Lord, I, I pray even as these things went forth today, Lord, may they be sown, may they be planted in the hearts of each and every believer in here, Lord, that we, will, that we will begin to only speak life, only speak truth into every situation, Lord, that we will not... that we will not allow worldly traditions, worldly cultures to change the culture of the kingdom. So Father, we thank you, Lord, that in 2021, that when we speak words, things are coming into fruition. Things are coming to life. Devils are going to begin to run. Sicknesses are going to begin to flee. Poverty is is going to run. Addictions, perversions, are going to run as fast as they can to get out of our presence. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for that power and that authority you've placed on the inside of us. Lord, we glorify and thank you for it today. And as is the tradition of our church, Lord, we take a hold of Psalms 91 that says that no evil shall befall us, neither shall any plague come nigh our dwelling place. For you give your angels charge of us to keep us in all of our ways. That nothing evil Nothing harmful shall come against us. Lord, we'll be protected in everything that we do. 
Not a wicked plan from a wicked man or the devil himself shall come against us and harm us. Lord, we're protected on the roadways, the airways, the seaways, the railways. Lord, even the walkways as we walk, Lord, we are protected in everything we do. We thank you for the blessing of the jobs you've placed in our hands, Lord. The, the jobs that provide the seed that you've placed in our hand, Lord. May we be diligent with it. We thank you for opportunities as we gather with our families, Lord, to speak life in every situation. No half-truths, no lies. Lord, that truth, that power will come forth out of our mouths, Lord. But we glorify you for it. Father, we thank you for our church. Lord, we thank you for the ambassador of Christ. You've made each and every one of us to be, Lord, thanking you, Lord, here at that island church. We are covered by your blood. We are empowered by your word, and we are anointed by the Holy Ghost. Amen.